Welcome to the Avenging Hour. I'm Jason. I'm John. I have a, <laughs> a bit of a tickle. Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas, Jason. But it's actually much closer to Thanksgiving, and I just want to say what I'm thankful for. Even though Thanksgiving is past. Yeah, Thanksgiving is done. It's, it's Christmas now. But I'm still thankful. It's not even December, but it's Christmas. What are you thankful for? I'll let the, you do it. I'll, I'll give you this. That we're not reading any more Secret Wars 2 issues. That's what I'm thankful for. <laughs> Does the Beyonder ever come back? In uh, Fantastic Four, there's an FF issue during Steve Englehart's run where um, we find out that the Beyonder was not an entire universe, but was part of a um, – was that he and the Molecule Man were two parts of a cosmic cube, and they merge into one being and – for good? Like, is the Molecule Man gone? Or is they he... eventually spit the Molecule Man back out, but right. not the Beyonder. I think that was Steve Englehart's way of saying, no, truly, seriously, he's gone. Wasn't there a comic where we saw a bunch of different Beyonders? There, There's a race called the Beyonders. Not the same? Or... I don't think so. They don't all have Jerry Curl and, and no. disco jumpsuits? No, sadly. I mean, if you're going to have a race, if you're going to have right? to have the Beyonders, you at least want the Jerry Curl and the jumpsuits. Yeah, it's disappointing. Anyway, previously on the Avenging Hour, we left the West Coast Avengers buried in a pile of cat sex and multiple Ultrons. But the weirdest stuff is yet to come. And now, episode 129. <laughs> is it weirder than cat sex? Because I don't remember that it's weirder than that, but... Yeah, there's demons. Oh, wait, what we do? always have demons. We got pandemonium. He's made of demons. All right, I couldn't remember what how many issues we were doing or what issues. We're just doing two. We got two. Two issues of the wackos. We start with West Coast Avengers number eight. That was from May of 1986. It is by Steve Englehart and Al Milgram. And it is called A Bird in the Hand. Oh, sweet baby Jeebus. The West Coast team is finally back from the land of the cat people. This makes me happy. After the last few weeks' worth of issues, I was ready to start the Richie Rich podcast Jason and I had always talked about. Ooh, maybe I should say dreamed about. (laughs) Now I have hopes that things may get better. I probably just jinxed myself, didn't I? Anyway, back safely on Earth, Tiger, Mockingbird, Hawkeye, Thing, and Firebird start to head back to Avengers Compound when suddenly Firebird gets a vision. She's back in time in the body of a woman named Carlotta, who is riding a horse in what seems to be the late 19th century with some Mexican pilgrims and soldiers. Out of nowhere, except a stereotypical Western movie, her group is attacked by Native Americans. Carlotta joins the men in fighting back against the Native Americans and is doing well until she is shot in the back. And we're done. Firebird returns to reality with a start, wondering who betrayed Carlotta in the past. She continues to wander all the way back to Avengers Compound, where they're greeted by Wonder Man, who fills them in on the Ultron plot from the last issue. He seems to be brimming with self-confidence and may even be bordering on obnoxious, but not as obnoxious as Hawkeye, who's still begging the Thing to join the team to Firebird's obvious discomfort. Well, obvious to Mockingbird, but not to Hawkeye, and Mockingbird pulls him aside and attacks him, furious that he's dismissing Firebird so obviously. Finally, they stop fighting, and Hawkeye agrees he'll ask Firebird if the thing turns him down one more time. The next day, Wonder Man on his own defeats some bank robbers who have a bazooka. And yes, he (laughs) is definitely becoming obnoxious. Also the next day, Tiger Thing and Firebird are by the pool of the compound when the Rangers arrive. Yes, a group of unimportant superheroes that Firebird used to belong to, and she called them here to help her since the Avengers won't. Hawkeye and Mockingbird come a-running, and things start off well since Hawkeye remembers Red Wolf from long-ago Avengers issues. Firebird says she's going to handle her own issues with the Rangers since the Avengers don't want her, but when Shooting Star touches her on the back, she flashes to her vision and realizes that Shooting Star is possessed by evil. Firebird tries to convince Hawkeye there's a problem here, and Hawkeye is not sure he buys it, until the Rangers attack, and then it's a big free-for-all. The Avengers quickly realize that there is something funny happening here when when Red Wolf orders Lobo to kill the Avengers, and then Lobo grows to a monstrous size. The battle is going well for the Avengers and their allies, and then Firebird realizes that while most of the Rangers are possessed by demons, 
Shooting Star is a demon. Firebird forces the Shooting Star demon to surrender, and the rest of the rangers come to their senses. The Shooting Star demon claims that Shooting Star was always a demon in human form, something that will not hold true in future appearances, and that she's working for Master Pandemonium. And the Avengers decide to use this demon to find this new thorn in their side. To be continued. A roll call this issue is Mockingbird, Tiger, Hawkeye, and Wonder Man. Iron Man is still out because of his eye wound. We also see Firebird and the Thing, and our villains are the Rangers, Shooting Star, Red Wolf, Phantom Rider, and Texas Twister. Please tell us about each one of those. Well, we've actually seen, we've seen Red Wolf. Shooting Star first appeared in The Incredible Hulk number 265. That was November of 1981. Her name is Victoria Star, and she was a professional rodeoist. Rodeoer. Rodiarian. And uh, her father invented some special guns that she could use in her rodeo. She was doing her rodo- rodeoing. To, to shoot horses? <laughs> they shot paralyzing stars. They don't shoot bullets. They shoot these little stars. That makes sense. Like itty bitty tiny ninja stars. That sounds like good engineering. Right? I don't understand how that works in a barrel of a gun, <laughs> yeah, but... that doesn't seem right. When she was rode- rodeoing, she met the Texas Twister. They became a couple, as in, you know. And then they became uh, superheroes. And she joined the Rangers. Wait, they weren't heroes first? No, no. Oh. She joined the Rangers, and that's where this where we are right now. She has no superpowers, but she's an expert markswoman, an expert rodeo woman. Uh, her guns shoot stars that paralyze people, so they don't hurt you; they just paralyze you. Her boots are. I would th- think they would still hurt you if you get shot by something. You would think because they would they would have to be somewhat sharp, yeah, to stick in your skin. Uh, yeah. Plus um, the velocity coming out of the gun. Yeah, pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, her boots also are special, enabling her to ride on the Texas Twisters' winds and not be disoriented. How do you make boots like that? That doesn't make any sense. The same way you make a gun that shoots little tiny ninja stars. These these boots hold on to wind. Speaking of the Texas Twister, let's. He first appeared in Fantastic Four number one seventy seven in December of nineteen seventy six. His name is Drew Daniels, and he was a Texan cattle hand who got hit by radiation while in a tornado. Of course, which gave him the power to create tornado funnels. Could we call that the perfect storm? <laughs> No. He first tried to join the Frightful Four, and when he found out that they didn't pay, he left. He then joined the S.H.I.E.L.D. super agent program, where he met Captain America and the Human Torch, but that program eventually failed when half of the S.H.I.E.L.D. super agents were uh, turned out to be villains. So well, it, it seems like he was kind of a villain anyway. Yeah, the the whole thing that he first joined trying to join the Frightful Four makes you go, hmm, apparently he was maybe a little bit more mercenary, let's say. Okay. And he met Shooting Stars. We talked about working on the radio. They became partners, and they joined the Rangers, and here we are. And again, and his power is the ability to create and control tornado funnels. Finally, we have the Phantom Rider. Now, we met Carter Slade during the Avengers issues where Kang sends him back to the Old West. Oh, right. And Carter Slade at that point in time was going by the name Ghost Rider. And as the Be- ghost... Because the other one didn't exist The yet. other one didn't exist yet. Because he first appeared in Ghost Rider number one, which was in February of 1967, about five years before Johnny Blaze hit the scene. He has no powers, but back in the Old West, a medicine man gave him a phosphorescent white costume, which he could basically use to sneak around and go booga 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 um, and scare people. There was a second Phantom Rider when the original fa- when Carter Slade died. His sidekick Jamie Jacobs took over as the Phantom Rider. That was in Western Gunfighters number seven in January of 1972. He didn't last long because by that point in time, no one was reading westerns anymore. And if you're wondering why I'm taking so much time on the Phantom mm-hmm. Rider, it's because he's actually important and we'll come back again. Oh, I thought we were just padding the podcast. Here. Whereas we won't 
don't spend any more time really with the shooting star or Texas Twister. But Phantom Rider. So anyway, in uh, then we have Lincoln Slade. So the other two, oh, I'm sorry, no, he was also Old West. We have three Old West Phantom Riders. This is really easy to follow. Yeah, right? Well, it gets a little confusing. Three uh, Old West Phantom Riders. Lincoln Slade was the brother of the original Carter Slade. He was also a U.S. Marshal. The one that we care about the most and the Ghost Rider or the Phantom Rider we're seeing here is the descendant of those original Slades. His name is Hamilton Slade. He first appeared in Ghost Rider 56. This was the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider title. He first appeared there in May of 1981. Didn't he also used to be named the Knight Rider? Yes. Wow. He's been Knight Rider, and then David Hasselhoff was like, no, no, no. And he was Ghost Rider, and Johnny Blaze was like, no, no, no. Now he's Phantom Rider. Hamilton Slade exists in the time of the West Coast Avengers. He is the descendant of the original Phantom Riders, and he found the gravesite of his ancestors, and they possessed him. So this Phantom Rider actually kind of has powers in that he's basically a possessed human with the power of a ghost. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What are his actual powers? Well, he can become immaterial. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. He shoots phantom guns. He do, rides phantom horse. Phantom stars in them? <laughs> no, no, that would be silly. <laughs> How do you shoot a phantom gun does that hurt someone it hurts phantoms <laughs> i don't really look you've murdered my ghost his powers are a little little bit nebulous mm. so that's all the characters we have uh, first off i would like to ask a, just a, a group question here we'll open it up to the group so we can discuss amongst ourselves okay. which is worse the uh, woe is me scaredy cat tiger or the i'm a legend overconfident tiger i'm a legend overconfident well mm, wait it's tough isn't it Oh, boy. We could yeah. go on for a while here. Yeah, I was so sure of my answer until I started saying it. I think when we when Tigro first started to feel unsure of herself, we were like, oh, well, that's kind of a nice character trait. Yeah. But then it just devolved into, oh, everything's awful and I'm the worst and I don't have any powers and everybody hates me. And... When, and again, I can't believe I'm saying this, but when Jim Shooter was writing her in her original Avengers appearances, her lack of confidence was not a bad thing. It was no. kind of nice. It was just an, But when Steve Englehart got a hold of her in West Coast Avengers and it went ruined spiraled off the rails. <laughs> uh, but you're right the new I'm a legend because she doesn't she can't back that up no it's like someone just told her that she's good yeah. now she's like oh I'm good it would be like if I came to you and be like J- Jason you are the next I was getting a sports metaphor I don't know sports people you're the next Michael Jordan of basketball you're an amazing basketball player and, and then I'd like the next day I'd tell everyone I'd yeah. go on TV and be like I'm an excellent basketball yeah. player you're like I challenge any basketball <laughs> player to play I've ba- never played it in my life yeah. but I'm awesome at it so yeah maybe you're right maybe the uh, maybe the I'm a legend one is, is bad oh my gosh I just realized on the first page what has happened to hawkeye's arm hmm. that's not good his arm is gray and stone like i think that's a coloring error i think it is too although don't uh don't archers wear like a special glove on their one hand so that the bowstring doesn't well he does wear gloves oh, i know he's got gloves on I'm just trying to make an excuse nice it's a coloring error i also wish that mockingbird would never ever call him hockey poo again that was my next note oh sorry i was like would do you really think she would ever call him that they have like these weird nicknames for each other that i don't think any normal person would use no. Doesn't she call him Grape Face a lot? Because he has Does a she? purple mask on? Yeah. She's called it like two or three times. She's called him Grape Face. I'm okay with Grape Face. <laughs> it's better than Honky Poo. I would like to point out that uh, this vision that Firebird has, that the guy in it is named Don Diego, and that's the same name as uh, Zorro. Oh my gosh. Why did we not go further with this? Firebird and Don Diego, or and, and Firebird and Zorro. Does this never come up again? Actually, I, I, believe we, I believe we will see a repeat of some of this during the Lost in Space time issues when the Lost when the West in Space yeah when the when the West Coast Avengers get will be coming up on these issues eventually oh, when, when they, they get go back scattered to the West. yeah they get scattered across time and space and I believe we will visit this time and learn a little bit more about 
this stuff. We learned why it's important that she got shot in the back by someone. But... I'm getting from this issue that what, because I couldn't figure out why they did it either. And I'm thinking what they were trying to do this issue was set up the fact that this is how she figures out her shooting star is her evil. Her visions, yeah. Is, yeah, because she got shot in the back. But... Someone she thought was on her side is actually against her and it's someone that can shoot things. Yes, but I think that we'll actually delve into this a lot more in about 10 issues time, mm. by which time we'll have forgotten about yeah, it. Yeah, that's too bad. The thing says something odd here when he's flying around with Tigra and he she's massaging him which seems useless yeah because he doesn't really have muscles he's just rock and he says i really like massages i couldn't ever ask Susie back when i was with the other guys i don't understand first of all how he thought sue i mean a normal strength person i can't imagine could could exert enough pressure on his body that the thing would even feel it second of all why couldn't he ask sue for a massage like if you really wanted one from her why couldn't he ask her? Can he only get massages from women? Does the thing think every massage ends with a happy ending? I think so, yeah. I think that's what was implied there. Like, he wanted yeah. Sue Richards to give him a rub down, but that's didn't want to mess with his friendship with his buddy. Oh, yeah, because he and Reed always got along so well. Best friends forever. I, I just, I was disturbed by that. And a little concerned. I feel like someone needs to educate, edumacate the thing. I was kind of taking that more as a Steve Englehart. Hey, look, this is the 80s. Yeah, probably. That's the only thing women are here for. The melodrama I thought was getting a bit thick. I, I don't really... S- feel that it would be in character for a mockingbird to attack hawkeye because she doesn't agree with something that he's doing and it's such a stupid way of she's like i'm mad at you so i'm going to attack you yeah i mean we've both been married sure some would say we still are yeah i would think so probably our spouses and my feeling is i have a lot of issues with my spouse i'm sure you have as well i've never been like i'm going to hit you with my battle staffs you know how we should sell this let's go out in the backyard and punch each other yeah it's just that's not that's normally that's considered some sort of domestic violence not a problem solving method it's very disturbing and then the whole thing with wonder man being so overconfident about himself he's like tigra we now and this is my frustration with the tiger and the wonder man thing is now we've got two people on the team who are totally obnoxious because they think they're invincible I feel like Steve Englehart doesn't have a middle ground. Yes. With, with, like, writing emotional stuff. Yeah, you're either... The greatest or the worst ever. Yeah. I noticed when the uh, when the Rangers show up here, wherever the hell it is that they show up. Oh, right there. How did they get there? Well, they the just, Phantom Rider rode his horse. But they just, like, showed up. The Shooting Star and the Texas Twister rode in on his tornado, and it looks to me like Red Wolf pole vaulted in. Pole vaulted my, all the way from New Mexico. My questions were, did they all ride inside the Texas Twister with a horse and a wolf with them? <laughs> Like, I don't... I hope so. Where are they? Like, Phantom Rider is up in the air. Can his horse fly? No, I don't think so. Is that a wall? I don't even know what I'm looking at. It's a little odd. Are those arches? Did they come... How did no one see them coming? Yeah, it's hard to sneak up on people when you're a tornado and a horse. They're just suddenly there. Like, one panel, they're not, and then, ha, we're here. It is a little odd. It's like that scene in uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail where where Lancelot's running towards that castle, and he keeps running, (laughs) and he's far away, and then all of a sudden, he's right there, and he stabs... Guards. And then you don't have it here because you don't have the ads. So I, this is kind of a moot point. But there's a full-page ad for the Marvel's new universe in this issue. Uh, well, we'll be talking a lot about the new universe. It comes up on the bullpen bulletins again and again and again over the next very many issues. I don't know if you have... I have one more note, and it's uh, about Shooting Star. Well, my note is kind of about Texas Twister and the Shooting Star, which is that their accents in this issue were... Yep. Uh, <laughs> that was my note. Go for it. <laughs> I just said that these Southern Twang accents are super annoying to try to 
read. I have to slow down to interpret these syllables. And they were giving me a headache. It's not what you're supposed to do. When you have accents, you're supposed to establish it maybe in the first time they talk. And then after that, you have them normal because people in their head will assume the accent. Well, and these accents are so bad. So over the top. You ain't gonna do nothing, Arrow Man. Not with a bullet in your back. And that's not, I mean, trying to, it's horrible. Because they're all spelled, like, why did he have to spell your Y-O-R-E. Exactly. It's pronounced the same way. There you go. <laughs> it does not help. So we end this with, hey, there's demons, and hey, you're going to help us find another demon guy. And yeah. you said at the end of your write-up that the, he's going to help find this new thorn in their side, but Master Pandemonium's not a new thorn That's in true. their side. That's true. I do this like... old, annoying thorn. I, you know, I've been saying again and again with the West Coast Avengers that I think Firebird would be a better member of the team, power-wise, but the thing is more fun. When, they, when the Rangers come out of their demon possession, and Texas Twister, I dreamed I lost a fight with the Fang. And the thing says, that was no dream. That was your life. And I just, I, I appreciate the thing. Loser. Yeah, exactly. I got nothing else. Was there a letters page? Uh, there was. The official page name is now West Coast Lines. No. It doesn't really flow off the tongue there. I don't like it. And I really can't believe it took them six months to come up with that. Right? Because you should have come up with something better if you're going to take that long. The letters themselves, not interesting at all. Uh, did you have an MVP? I picked Firebird. This was clearly set up to be the look what I can do issue for her. I don't honestly really. Okay, I picked Firebird. Okay. There's just nobody in this it's issue that really stands out. Do you have on. a useless character? I picked Hawkeye. I felt like he just wasn't getting it. Actually, I picked Hawkeye as well. I feel like he's not a good team leader. This yeah. this issue does not portray him in the best light as a leader. Do you have a best quote taken out of context? They've come, and quicker than I thought they would. Oh. Uh, Avengers level threat. No. The Rangers would never be an Avengers-level threat. Now, I kind of feel like we don't really know. I, I'm going to go with a maybe, because the Rangers are hyped up on demon power. Like, normally Red Wolf is completely useless, but now Lobo can grow to giant Well, let's side. be honest. Red Wolf's still useless. It's, well, his, it's his dog. that <laughs> That's true. But, I, you know, I kind of feel like we don't really know. It feels like all the Rangers are a little bit more powerful, and we don't know how much more powerful than normal. So I'm saying maybe the fight's not long enough for us to really tell. I don't know, because I don't feel like the Rangers, even with demon possession, have any kind of useful powers. Have I mentioned that Shooting Star can shoot little paralyzing stars out of her guns? Yes, but can't Thing just punch her in the head and knock her out? Did I? Do we not talk about how Was Phantom, that going to paralyze Thing? He's Phantom, made out of rocks. Phantom Rider shoots Phantom bullets. I know, and he can become see-through. Out of his Phantom gun. And go, ooh. On his Phantom horse. <laughs> Final grade. I gave it a C. I like seeing new characters in a book. I'm always excited. Oh, hey, we haven't seen these people before. And they actually made me like Firebird for a little while in this issue. But Tigra and Wonder Man suck. I give it a B minus. And I think I could just be having... I don't know, what's the reverse of Stockholm Syndrome, where I'm finally free of cat people and Beyonder issues? I think that's still Stockholm Syndrome. And so I'm so happy. I'm like, what? You're still a kind of crappy issue with nobody superheroes that no one cares about? I still like you, issue. I think that's what I'm doing. And it does have a, you know, the fight's decent, and we do get to meet new characters, and that's always fun. Yes, let's forget this and go on. Moving on. West Coast Avengers number 9 from June of 1986, again by Steve Englehart and Al Milgram. This one is titled... Hot Pursuit. Shooting Star, that demon-possessed member of the Rangers we met last episode, is on the run. Through the trash-riddled back streets of L.A., which look a lot like the trash-riddled streets of Lower Manhattan, and I wonder if Al Milgram has ever been to the West Coast. But I digress. Because Shooting Star has just encountered a shadowy trench-coated figure in the alley, a figure that removes its hat to reveal Master Pandemonium. But seriously, how did that hat fit over his mask? <laughs> Pandy Bear ushers Shooting Star through a side door and into some sort of metal-lined garage, where he releases his armed demons to guard the door while Shooting Star tells the tale of her capture and apparent escape and, hold on a second, 
This isn't the real shooting star. It's Mockingbird using her one good superpower, the ability to take her relative anonymity and disguise herself as every blonde person on the West Coast. She signals the team to swoop in and save her. But first, we're treated to a two-page flashback explaining the setup, and by the time that's finished, Master Pandemonium has escaped, and Mockingbird's tracking device has been left behind. Stupid flashbacks ruin things again. That's when Tiger remembers the Balkatar. She calls him in and asks for an assist in finding Pandyface. Meanwhile, elsewhere... I think that's what the caption actually said. Meanwhile, elsewhere... <laughs> <laughs> some place, some other time. Master Pandemonium and Mockingbird appear inside an old movie studio where he sits down in a funny-looking throne and explains his life story. I was some sort of Hollywood bigwig named Martin Preston. Check the initials. M.P. Master Pandemonium. Oh. Who liked to drink and drive. I got in a stupid car accident, pledged my soul to Mephisto, and now I have demon limbs. And oh, by the way, this medallion thingy that I may or may not have always been wearing is the thing that curses me yet also appears to provide my magic. So, like, whatever. All I'm saying is this is my one weakness and I'm revealing it to you, a stranger who I probably don't totally trust and why are you even here anyway? This is a very big plot hole. Have I mentioned the five? Falcatar spies on this dumb story and reports back to the team with Pandy's whereabouts. The team rushes over to the abandoned lot and gets caught in a very dumb trap that finds them separated into two teams temporarily. They're dumped in twin rooms that appear to be impervious to all of their powers. Master Pandemonium appears on a giant TV and taunts them long enough for Mockingbird to launch a sneak attack. She knocks the amulet from Pandemonium's hand, causing his magic to dispel, and the teams are able to escape the trap. They're fighting their way through the demon hordes when Balkatar reappears and offers Tiger a shortcut to her murdering room. The crazy cat lady finds Mockingbird fighting Master P to a standstill. She mentions about a half dozen times that she used to be a shield agent and I think that's nearly lulled him into submission. <laughs> when Tiger jumps down from above and lands on her teammate's noggin, knocking Maki out cold. Tiger then tries to kill Pandemonium, who deftly dives for his lost amulet and uses it to escape. By the time the rest of the team arrives, Mockingbird is up and woozy. She assumes that Tigra has saved her from some dastardly demons, and Tigra does little to dissuade that story. In the midst of all the excitement, Thing announces that he's joining the team, and we finally have our sixth member, for now. To be continued. Our roll call is Iron Man. Oh, Iron Man's back. I didn't even realize he was there. Wonder Man, Tigra, Hawkeye, Mockingbird, and Thing. Firebird is still here, but highly disappointed. We also see the Balkatar. Our villain is Master Pandemonium, with a special appearance by Mephisto, who I refuse to recap. And that's it. I can do Mephisto, because it doesn't take very long. Okay, go ahead. Mephisto first appeared in Silver Surfer number three in December of 1968, and he's basically one of Marvel's many demon or Satan analogs. Probably the most frequently used, probably the most powerful of them. He seems to be the one that appears most on, like, the hero level. Yeah, that's really it. That's all he is. He's your, he's your Satan analog. Yep. All right, then. Moving on. That's it. What do you have to say about this weird issue? Not much. With Mr. Pandemonium hiding in an alleyway. Did I, he know that Shooting Star was going to be running through that alley? I have three notes on this issue. I really like Mockingbird this issue, and she pretty much... You know she used to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. <laughs> I've not heard that, really. <laughs> I think that this issue shows that she should probably be the team leader. Yeah. Like, I really think she'd be good in that role. The way that Steve Englehart is writing her, she's kind of like the Heather Hudson of this team, by which I mean she has no powers, but she seems to be able to keep things together. You just made a weird Alpha Flight reference that <laughs> no one else will understand. I know, right? Heather <laughs> Hudson, who is that? This is the first time we've actually had the entire West Coast Avengers team together for like five issues. We're at issue nine. Yes. We're at issue nine of this title. For half of this title's run, we actually haven't had the team together i don't really miss it no no you really didn't even notice but uh but here we are and the only other note i have is that at the end of the issue tiger calls firebird a chick do women call each other chicks does well first of all if they don't like each other maybe do they does anybody use that word i mean maybe this was also 1986 so it was probably more more frequently used i mean it's definitely progressed from dame (laughs) i figure it's i I, it seems to me it's like what what old white writers think people talk like kind of like like how steve englehart would try to write because i don't think you 
count because like me i fear that you 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 learned too much vocabulary from reading comics when you were growing <laughs> up because i say a lot of things that other people are like i don't under i don't know. i don't think i've ever said chick seriously yeah well that's the other thing like yeah. if you see the way someone's dressed dumb and i look at my wife and i like check that chick out kind of a derogatory sure but she's 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 angrily calling firebird a chick did she call her to her face listen chick because that just sounds like something a 1930s gangster would do i was in here doll face uh there it's when master pandemonium lures him into a trap and they're being forced down uh these different tunnels by the wind machine and tiger says can't you fight this hurricane chick yeah that doesn't seem like a natural thing to say to any yeah in any way <laughs> ever you would either use her name or but yeah because yeah, f- just saying chick doesn't really you know that person doesn't know you're talking to them yeah i mean probably they know she can figure out you're not talking to hawkeye because she's the only other woman there but you never know you never know yeah that's it that's all i have on this issue i don't have much about this issue okay then letters page yes we get our first uh mark's remarks column oh cool wherein he tells us that this column will replace both the question of the month and the special announcements section good he's going to basically do some sort of editorial in every column and introduce a must read section for any books he deems appropriate mostly ones that he's writing himself (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? Respect. (laughs) He says there will be one more surprise, too, but he's holding that for next month. Nobody else is calling his his written books must-reads, so he should. I noticed it's, I think it's in a, I don't know if it's next week's episode or the one after, because we've been reading ahead here. He does uh, a must-read for one of his Captain America issues. I mean, and and I want to be fair when I say no one else is calling his issues must-reads. I like Mark Grunewald as a writer. I love his Captain America, most of his Captain America run. I I, I enjoy Quasar. I I like his, I love Squadron Supreme. I think it's underrated. That being said, no one else has really ever called his work must-read except possibly Squadron Supreme. There's three separate letters here that point out uh, the gaffe that we mentioned last week about Iron man leaving the battle but not actually leaving the battle but then announcing that he's back and james palmer from alvarado texas suggests uh the sixth member should be either dazzler dr strange or nomad what is with the first of all what is with Dazzler? let me stop for a second Nobody wants Nomad to join anything. No. I don't believe it. That doesn't make any sense. He's a plant. He has no powers. No. He's, he's not even like, I mean, Captain America has no power. Well, he's got like super strength to a degree, but at least he's useful. Nomad's just like Captain America or a guy off the street pretending to be Captain America. Though he does have those little tiny stun discs that he can throw at you, which which Hawkeye should watch out for because he falls victim to those a lot when he fights the Red Guardian. Hmm. Oh, right. Remember that one right issue in, where he right knocked him out like three times? Conk. Uh. Yes, but can he shoot those stun discs out of a gun? <laughs> yeah, no, no one wants no matter on a team. Doctor Strange doesn't work well on teams unless it's the Defenders. Yeah, and, the non-team. And Dazzler. Dazzler. Why is everyone so fascinated by Dazzler? I swear to God, these people are plants. I guess she has an interesting power set. She but, does, actually. Her powers aren't bad. But she's she looked horrible until they revamped her. And her personality was never interesting. Nah. It's still not interesting. I've never read a Dazzler comic. I've never read a comic book with the Dazzler in it that has made me say, I want to read more about Dazzler. And her power, but her powers are great. Yeah. They're kind of fun. I really like like her powers. Plus, she fights the hypno hustler. You don't want to pass that. I would rather they jo- they bring the hypno hustler onto the team. Could they do that? How have I not had anyone do a commission for me of, of a hypno hustler? I keep forgetting about him. MVP? Uh, I gave it to Mockingbird for stalling long enough and then fighting Master Pandemonium. Yeah, I mean, it, really, it's Mockingbird's issue. Yeah. She she knows what she's doing. She seems uber competent in this issue. And she does, you know, after a few issues ago where Master Pandemonium is able to basically take on the entire team by, her, by himself, she takes him down alone. She would have won and had him captured if Tiger had knocked her out. Yes. Which brings us to... Useless character? Tigra. Yeah. Despite bringing Balkatar in to actually help them, which was a good idea, she screws the whole thing up with her selfishness. Not only is she annoying still... But yeah, now she's actively working against the team. Yeah. Best quote taken out of context? Mephisto will do me nicely. (laughs) 
Ew. I don't think he will. Uh, probably not. Avengers level threat. I said no. Yeah, I think you have to. He seemed to be more threatening, and then once you apparently just this amulet. If you get the amulet around, you can just beat the crap out of him. Yeah, it's it's kind of a shame because we had seen him a few issues ago, and he seemed like this great villain. He's breathing fire and knocking buildings over, and but now he just he goes down. He goes down quicker than Tom Cruise at a gay British nightclub. Okay, he goes down faster than Kevin Spacey's career. Oh. Hey. Final grade. I gave it a C. Master Pandemonium's origin story was stupid, and this trap could have been set by any bad guy. I gave it a B. I actually liked it because, I think because we got to see Mockingbird looking cool, because she at least seems competent. She's got a plan. She follows through with it. And uh, I don't know. I just, I think I think that it's it's advan- this book is advancing plots. Did you have a problem with Master Pandemonium's origin story where Mephisto showed up and he was like, help me, I need, my arm came off. And he's like, I'll give you a new arm. And he's like, thanks. And then he goes, I'm going to give you another arm and I'm going to give you a new leg and he just like ripped him apart and gave him demon limbs why would I have a problem I mean that just seemed excessive I mean I know Mephisto yeah but he usually has some sort of plan for the things that he's doing and it wasn't explained to us why he just gave this guy demon limbs so with Mephisto I think the plan is just to toy with humans but we will see I would have thought he would have just replaced that one arm but made like something special about it you know what I mean I have a I have a rant and I don't know what issue it's or what episode it's in it might be coming up in a couple of a couple of of episodes where I explain why. Well, you know what? Let me do it here because we have plenty of time and I don't think Master Pandemonium is back for a while. Okay, rant away. So, no, wait. I have to wait because we don't understand how Master Pandemonium's powers work yet. Do we ever? Yes. No. Coming up, we'll do, we'll do, we'll read a couple issues where they explain Master Pandemonium's power in more detail. How far ahead are you? I'm going, are you into January already? I'm taking a lot of vacations. (laughs) Wow. Anywho, never mind. Because the next, the next West Coast Avengers issue, we don't even see Master Pandemonium. No, it's ones after that. Yikes. All right, then. I gotta take some time off work and catch up uh let's see on our next episode we're traveling back east with the other avengers to mix things up with kang and amortis in a three issue story three issues next week a three-way with kang and amortis if you will (laughs) yeah Yeah, that could last forever Because of the time travel. Well, Kang's younger and has more st- stamina, but Amortis, you would think, would know better. Aren't they the same person, though, at one point? Yeah, well, they are the same person. That's weird. Is that legal? <laughs> <laughs> Having sex with someone's future and future herself. Wow, that seems creepy. That's all I got. All right, we'll Th- make this short. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, our email address is mail at avenginghour.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Avenging Hour. We have a Facebook page, and our website is avenginghour.com. Dot com. I'm the Phantom Rider. Oh. <laughs>